Raleigh's 2-2 delivery on the way now. A fastball lined in the left center field. A long run for Rupert. He reaches down, makes an incredible catch. He gets the ball back in, and the runners just do get back. Oh, my, what a catch by Rupe. Throughout the course of this season, we've been sitting down with former Mariners, and we have a fun one today as we have a chance to chat with Rupert Jones, who played with the Mariners from 1977 to 1979. Rupert Jones spent parts of 12 seasons in the major leagues, was an all-star a couple of times, and he has some wonderful stories to tell. I'm holding his brand-new book in my hands now, Never Give Up, A Memoir of Baseball and Traumatic Brain Injury. By Rupert Jones. He'll tell some stories from the book, and there's more where these stories came from if you want to pick up the book as well. As we start our conversation with the great Rupert Jones. Well, I want to start with your Mariners days. You were, in a lot of ways, the first Mariner. You were the expansion, number one expansion pick for the Mariners. What do you remember about those very first days of the organization? My first day in spring training, I got to meet my teammates. My teammates were like myself. A lot of them was from other ball clubs. They 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 were more or less uh, unprotected on the uh, expansion list on on the expansion draft list. So we were all kind of like put together in in that way. We had some great players, man. The guys played well. We played well. We played hard. We lost 100 games, but we played well. We played. We were competitive each night, and we only got better as the season went on. You were an all-star that year, too. Yes, I, mean, I was. I was an all-star that year. Uh, one of the highlights of my careers. Uh, I had a few highlights, and that's one of them. I got to play the all-star game in Yankee Stadium. I uh, got to visit New York, and it was the first time, actually, that I had been in Yankee Stadium, stadium because we hadn't played the Yankees yet that, that year in New York. We played the Yankees in New York after the all-star break. The first time you are in Yankee Stadium was in the all-star game. That's amazing. I tell you what's even more amazing. Each player had a portrait in their locker. Hmm. And this and their portrait was, was painted by Tommy McDonald. I'm not sure whether you, 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 that's before your time. You don't know Tommy McDonald. Tommy McDonald was a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles in the 60s. And here he was, 1977, and I got a portrait in my locker that was, drip, uh, that, that was drawn by T- Tommy McDonald. I used to watch him play football when I was in Texas. Because I was a Cowboy fan, and we played Philadelphia twice a year. I think about that team that you're on, Rod Carew and George Brett and Carl Yastrzemski. I mean, Reggie Jackson. What was it like sharing a, a clubhouse with some of the greatest of all time? And you're more or less awestruck to a certain degree because basically you're seeing guys that you had seen on television for years. My first uh, bus ride to the, to, to, to the ballpark, Pete Rose was out in front of the hotel. And we caught, we was on the bus and, and we rode the same bus together. And I had seen Pete play in the 60s. So it was, that was quite a thrill because I was in the American League. He's in the National League. So I, that was the first time I had a chance to meet him. Uh, Steve Carlton, he, he was at the, he, he was also on the bus. So I got a chance to meet some National League All-Stars as well. But the American League All-Star team was, was definitely a, a highlight of my career, the first one. What do you remember about being in the game? I got a chance to pinch hit off Don Sutton early in the game. And I popped up to right field. A little upset about it. I, I would have liked to got a hit, but I didn't. And uh, that was my that was my only at bat, my only appearance. You were such a fan favorite 
in Seattle. You really captured just baseball was new uh, to this area. I mean, the, the Mariners are a brand new franchise and you really captured this city. And what was it like to hear Roop, Roop, Roop all the time from that fat fan base? Oh, uh, it was exhilarating, uh, you know, and we really didn't have that big crowds that year. We had opening day was a, was a real, real opening day was capacity. And then when the Yankees came to town, it was capacity. But other than that, we didn't have really a sellout per se. So, you know, when they came to the ballpark and they cheered and they cheered a lot as they did, it, 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 it was, it was very, very, uh, I was, I was very elated because, you know, the ones who came there, they chose, you know, they participated. Do you have a favorite memory in a Mariners uniform? I have a few. Uh, one of them was when I, I uh, hit a home run off Dennis Eckersley in the sixth or seventh inning to break up his no-hit bid. He was going for a record for the most no for the most innings without a hit, and I hit a home run off of him. And then I hit a home run off Nolan Ryan one night. Uh, that was probably one of my highlights of my career. So those th- those two are great memories. I wish I had made the All-Star team in 79 because the, the Mariners hosted the All-Star game in 79, but Bruce Bochter made it that year, and he, he you know, rightfully so, he had, you know, he was having a great year also. That Eckersley home run's amazing because, as you referenced, he went 22 hitless innings in a row, which is remarkable, and you're the one that snapped the streak, which is so great. That's in the book. It's a story that's in the book. Uh, we had played Dennis the week before over in Cleveland. And he and he pitched 13 innings against us. And he no-hitted us from the fourth inning to the 13th inning. And he beat us. Okay. And then four or five, five days later, he pitched against the Angels and no-hit the Angels. So now he come back around to Seattle and he's getting close to the record because now he's facing us again. And I hit the home run in the, I think it's, I think it was the seventh inning, or I think it was the seventh inning I hit the home run. And uh, to, to 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 break his streak, and that wasn't your only big hit off Eckersley. In the '82 All Star Game, which you also made, you triple off Eckersley. Yes, I did. I tell you what, it was a you know again that was in the book too. But uh, I was really really fired up. You know, I had got a chance to hit, and I, I got a chance to hit again. Pinch hit. This time I got a hit. Mm-hmm. This time I, I I got a hit, and uh, I scored a run. Also, that had to be the greatest feeling in the world in that game on, you know, the big stage, you know, tripling off one of the best. I mean, I can't imagine what that felt like. I tell you what, I floated around the bases. Dennis was a great, you know, Dennis was a great pitcher, both starting and relieving. He's in the Hall of Fame. Quick story. When I got called to the big leagues in 1976, mm-hmm. August 1st, my first game was against Gaylord Perry. I started my first game against Gaylord Perry. I got a hit the first time up. I did not start another game for a week. We went into Chicago. I started the game in Chicago against Goose Gossage. I got a triple. I didn't start another game for a week. We went into Cleveland, and I faced Dennis Eckersley. I got a hit off Eckersley. Okay. And then my fourth game I started was against Burt Blylevin a week later. So I started four games in four weeks, and all four of them was off those guys. 
So you were only starting against Hall of Famers. That seems fair. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a bad job. <laughs> it sounded like you did the job, though. I, I talked about it in the book. I was in AAA that year, and I was having a real good year. And uh, I kind of wish I'd had, they, they, they had left me, let me stay in AAA. Hmm. Uh, they finished the season out because I was having a good year. I knew I was going to be in the big leagues. So it was no, it was no hurry for me to go to the big leagues. I knew uh, with, with the way I played in AAA that one at, 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 in 76, I knew, I knew I was ready for the big leagues. Now you hit 147 career home runs. What did you call home runs? Accidents. Usually when I hit them, I hit, they were accidents because I was not trying to hit them. If I tried to hit them, I couldn't hit them. So if you swang for the fences, you, you could never, never get out. And rarely. I, I can't remember too many times where I was trying to hit a home run. And I hit a home run. Most, a lot of times I hit the home run. I, it surprised me. I mean, I would, I, I, I would be surprised because I wasn't trying to do that. Or I was so locked in that it just seemed like time stood still for that, for that, for that moment. That's a lot of happy accidents. 147. You know, I had a couple inside, I had a couple inside the parkers too. Okay. Ironically, I hit them all in Seattle. In the kingdom? Yes. That's like the least likely place to hit an inside the park home run. <laughs> I had a check swing inside the park home run. Well, you got to tell me this story. We were playing Kansas City. Uh, I, I forgot the pitcher's name. He threw me a high fastball. I did a check swing. The ball hit my back and kind of like a humpback line drive to some fielder. Amos Otis came in to try to catch it, but he couldn't catch it. In the turf, the ball bounced over his head and bounced and rolled to the wall. So I got a check swing inside the park home run. That might be the only one in history. <laughs> I guess I got it then. You had really good home run years with the Mariners. You had 24 and 77 and then 21 and 79. Uh, yes, I did. I, I played and I played full seasons. Which was which was the key for me playing full playing a full season, and uh, I think that was the only two years I played a full season in in, in the big leagues. Yeah, you had some bad luck a couple of years after that, including as you mentioned running into the wall. You know what? At the time when I was going through everything, it was bad luck. But I look as I look back on it now, it was meant to be. Mm. Eliza figured out by the man upstairs. He had a bigger story in mind for me. Uh, this book I've written. A lot of people have really reached out to me to, to tell me that the book has really helped them or has helped someone that they love or they know. So that's been, that's been very rewarding to me. I want to ask you about the 84 Tigers. We've talked about you hitting home runs. You were Rooftop Jones with Detroit. I had a couple of nicknames, didn't I? And they called me Rooftop in Detroit. Because more than once, you went upstairs at Tiger Stadium, right? Up onto the roof. I hit one completely out, and I hit one that hit the top of the roof and skipped out the ballpark. And then I hit one out of Comiskey Park that year, old Comiskey ballpark. Look at the list of people, of visiting ballplayers who hit home runs out of the ballpark there. It's going to amaze you. Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, uh, Bay Roof, Rupert Jones on that list too. It's about 16, it's about 15 or 16 visiting players, not home players, visiting players that have hit the ball out of Comiskey Park, and I'm one of them. And most of the guys on that list are Hall of Famers. So I hit three that year, actually. Two in Detroit and one in Chicago. 
And Detroit, I mean, and, and Chicago is a real big ballpark. Mm-hmm. It was a huge ballpark. So that's how I got my name rooftop in, in, in Detroit in, 19, in 1984. What do you remember about that home run you hit out of Comiskey? Tom Seaver was the pitcher. The first time I faced Seaver, he was with Cincinnati and I was with San Diego. I hit a triple off Tom Seaver off the left center field wall with the bases loaded. I missed the grand slam by a foot. The next time I this time I couldn't play, he threw me a cut fastball in on my hand and broke my back. The next time I faced him, he threw me another cut fastball in on my hand and broke my back. So now, fast forward three years later, he's with the White Sox and I'm with the uh, Tigers. I come to the plate the first time up, he throws that cut fastball in on my hand and breaks my back. So now I'm really upset. So, uh, Larry Herndon is sitting on the bench, and I and Larry Herndon has a bat. He's a 35-35. The bat that I normally use is like 33 inches and 31 ounces. I said, Larry, let me have your bat. He said, what you going to do with it? I said, I want to I hit with your bat. He said, what you going to do with this big bat? You can't get him out of your kitchen with that little bat. I said, Larry, give me the bat. So I go to home plate. Seaver winds up, and when he throws that little cut fastball, I mean, I drop that big 35-35 on that ball, and it took off. And I said, yes, I got him. And then I looked up. I said, it's going to go on the second deck. And then it disappeared into the night. And it clicked, went out the whole ballpark. That's what I remember about that home run. It was special. And considering who was off Tom Seaver, it was special. 35-35, that's like swinging a tree. Well, for me, it was like swinging a, a, yeah, a, a telephone pole. It was like swinging a telephone pole from what I had, from what I'm used to. What about your uh, home runs on the rooftop? What do you remember about those? The first one I hit was off Tom Tellman. He's with Milwaukee. And Tom Tellman and I were teammates in San Diego. The other one I, I hit, and I, I forgot who was off, but it was hit real well. But I forgot who I hit it off. I hit 147. Now I can't remember all of them. I, I understand. That's a lot of home runs. A lot of accidents. <laughs> Who was the best pitcher you ever faced? Frank Tanana. When I first came in the league in 1976, he had outstanding stuff. And I faced him in 1970, 1977. Mm-hmm. He, he's a softball, left hander. He threw hard, he threw from the side. He had great control, he had a great curveball, and he had great changeup. He had three pitches that he can get you out with. And uh, he threw hard. And uh, he was by far the, tough, the toughest pitcher I've ever seen. What do you remember about that World Series run? Gary, this is the honest to God truth. When you play, when you win, mm-hmm. it's like every night is special. Every night is special. Some nights are more special than others. But it's like we, you, you look forward to coming to the ballpark because you just want to know what's going to happen tonight. I played with Warriors. I, I call them warriors to this day because every night we played, it was like war. So if you came to the ballpark to play the Tigers and you weren't prepared for war, you had no chance to win. Okay. And uh, it was just, it, it was like that. We had a magical, magical team. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we got together in a uh, couple of years ago, 2019, 35th anniversary. And the guy still, got along well. The guy still remembered 
the guy still, we still had the same chemistry and the same synergy we had in 1984. My wife couldn't believe it. She said, you guys just, you guys just pick up like, like you just picked up where you left off. I said, you know what? We won. And when you win, it trumps everything. When you win, it trumps everything. That was a good team. I mean, you look at the player, Whitaker and Trammell and Chet Lemon, Kirk Gibson, Jack Morris, Daryl Evans, Lance Parrish. That, there was no no mystery why that team won over 100 games and won the World Series. They played every game like it was the last game we are going to play for the year. Jack Morris was uh, phenomenal. Milt Wilcox won a lot of games for us that year. You know that? People don't understand, don't realize that Milt Wilcox won about 16, 17 games that year. Okay. Willie Hernandez was the MVP of the league. We had all the guys you mentioned, but you didn't mention Willie Hernandez, and he was the MVP Cy Young winner of, uh, of the league. Is that the best team you played on? Oh, yeah. I got a ring. I still got it. The money's been long gone, but the ring, I still got. <laughs> Ring never goes away. The, you might, the money might be gone, but the ring never goes away. People ask me all the time, where's your ring at? I got it. I never wear it, but I got it. Now you went to the playoffs again in 86 with the Angels. You know that Angels-Red Sox series that you were part of, I think is one of the most memorable playoff series we've seen for just how it how it, it developed and how it ended. I don't remember it. It, was, it, wasn't, memorable. it wasn't memorable for me, I dog it. <laughs> a lot of guys. We were one pitch going from, away, from, away from going to the World Series. So that's not memorable. I mean, I, 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 I golly, I, I hurt for a long time. I hurt for a long time. Who is the best player you've ever seen? I said in my book, I said Claudia Washington was the best player I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, Claudia Washington and I go back to Sandlock ball together. We played ball at age 13 and age 14 against each other. He was by far the best player in our league. But my team won the championship. Claudel Washington didn't play, uh, he, he didn't play baseball for three years. So from age 14 to age 17, he didn't play baseball at all. We had a Connie Mack team where we needed players. We only had nine players, 10 players. We had nine players, we needed players. So we knew Claudel could play, so we asked Claudel to jo join us and, and, and come, 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 you know, come out and play. So Claudel came out and played. Now he hadn't played. You know, this is he hadn't played in three years. Right. He hit six hundred in, in 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 a three or four week period, and the Oakland A's signed to a free agent contract at age seventeen. He goes to Coos Bay, Oregon, and lights the league up. He goes to Iowa. Uh, I think it's Iowa, Burlington, and likes the league up at age 18. At age 19, he's in double A, and he's tearing the league up, and the A's brought him to the big leagues, and he played in the World Series that year at age 19. So Claudia Washington hadn't played ball in two, three years, and within two years, he was in the big leagues playing outfield for the Oakland A's. I mean, it was the most fun, phenomenal thing I've ever seen. He was he was strong, fast, and he could hit. You know, you came up at a really interesting time with that Royals team because that was, you know, a young George Brett, a young Frank White, a young Willie Wilson. That was the core of the team that would eventually win the World Series a few years later. Yes, I play I play I play with Willie in the instructional league every year. Two years we play instructional league together for two years. He came in a year after me, so he was always in a league a league a league lower than me. 
But eventually he got to the big leagues around the same time. And of course, they didn't protect me. And I went on to Seattle and he, he became the outfielder for the, for the Royals. Willie Wilson was the second fastest man I've seen in the baseball uniform. We had another guy from Alabama named Johnny Williams. He's in the book. Was the fastest man I ever seen in the baseball uniform. He just couldn't hit. Where did he play? He played in he played in the, in the minor leagues with Kansas City. Oh, okay. He just never he never got the minor leagues, but he could run. I mean, he could run. Kansas City Royals at that particular time they they drafted you know they drafted and they and they signed speed 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 speed. We had some guys that could just fly out run. When you look back at your. You lived such a wonderful baseball life, parts of 12 seasons in the major leagues. What are you most proud of? You know, I was kind of disappointed at, at, at my career because I thought it could have been better, and I thought it should have been better. But then when I found out about what I lived with and what I was suffering from, and I was able to play seven years mm. after that head in, after my after my traumatic brain injury, I realized that uh, I realized that you know what, I did I did better than I thought I did because to be able to play and perform under the circumstances that I that, that I or uh, un, under the conditions that I live with was very very rewarding. Mm -hmm. After after the fact, for a long time I had regrets. I, I I give you for instance, I had regrets for a long time. I saw Nolan Ryan in the airport in Austin, Texas in 2012. I had been telling my wife, Betty, for 15 years. I said, Nolan Ryan was just, he was, he was awesome. I said, he was, you know, facing him was like, I can't describe it. You know, your whole body became alive. So I saw Nolan Ryan in the security line. I said, Betty, Betty, they go Nolan Ryan. She said, what? I said, they're going to Nolan Ryan right there. So I go up to Nolan Ryan and, you know, this is 2012 now. Mm -hmm. I said, Nolan Ryan, Rupert Jones. And he looked at me like he didn't know who I was. I said, oh, no. And my wife was sitting there and I said, oh, no. So we go through the security line and he comes up to me and said, you hit a home run off me. <laughs> I said, that was 30 years ago. He said, I'm still mad about it. And I said, don't worry about it. That was the first hit I had off you in two years. So we, you know, we got a chuckle out of that. And then uh, Harold Baines, I, uh, I was invited out that same year, 2012, to throw the first pitch out to, one, to, to a game against the White Sox. And Harold Baines was the coach for uh, White Sox. And I was at the cage talking to Chris Shamlis, who was the hitting coach for the Mariners at the time. And, and Harold Baines came up to us, us and said, Hey, Chris, he hit one out of Comiskey Park. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, you remember that? He said, how can I forget it? He said, Chris, it went out the whole ballpark. Kind of like highlighted me a little bit, let me know that some people thought I was, you know, I get stories and, and, and people, you know, ruined me. But I thought I thought I was a shell of what I could have been. But in actuality, I was a shell of a player because of, 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 of some conditions that I was not, I was not privy to understand at the time. You mentioned Frank Tanana. You've mentioned Nolan Ryan. And it makes me think about those first two games in Mariners history. 
where Frank Tanana was the opponent in game one, Nolan Ryan the opponent in game two against the Angels. Do you remember what the very first games in Mariners history were like? Well, I know Frank Tanana struck me out two or three times that night. <laughs> and the last time he struck me out with the bases loaded on a 3-2 curveball. Uh, the next night, I got I got two hits off Nolan Ryan. I got a single off Nolan Ryan in the left center field. I got a double off the right center field wall. That was in 1977. Yeah. I, didn't get, I didn't get my next hit off Nolan Ryan until 1979, two years <laughs> later. So for two years, he either walked me or struck me out. Well, you weren't alone there. No, I wasn't. Uh, no, I wasn't. As a matter of fact, I think I think he got me 18 times. When they look, when they when they show his strikeout list, I'm in the middle of guys he struck out the most. Do you know who's at the top of that list? Claudell Washington. Over 35 times. Is there anything we missed? Any story that you should tell? Did I tell you my Vita Blue story? No, I gotta hear your Vita Blue story. <laughs> it's in the book. Vita Blue. I've seen By the Blue pitch in Oakland because I'm from the Bay Area. So I lived in the Bay Area. So I saw By the Blue pitch in Oakland in the championship years. He was overpowering. 1977, I get to face him for the first time. The first time I faced him, the first time I come up, he threw me three fastballs right down the middle of the plate. I swung and missed all three. Strikeout. The next time I come to the playoff By the Blue, he threw me three fastballs down the middle of the plate. I strike out again. What's so bad about it is I've seen six fastballs and I haven't even fouled one off. So now I'm on the bench and I'm saying, Jimmy, Christmas, man, I ain't even fouled the ball off. What's going on? So I said, I better, you know, let, me, let me watch something. So Danny Myers came to the plate and by up through Danny Myers, curveball, and Danny Myers hit a home run off of it. Danny Myers left hand like me. I said, okay, I'm going to look for the curveball. Now, this goes against my logic to look for a curveball for a guy throw hard his vital, but I couldn't hit his fastball. So why well, look, you know, I look for something else. So the third time I come to the plate, Bida throws that fastball down the middle of the plate again. I take it for strike one. He throws the next pitch, a fastball down the middle of the plate for strike two. So if Bida's throwing me eight pitches, all of them fastballs, Bida winds up and throws me a curveball. And I, bam, I hit it at the ballpark. I'm coming around first base, and he's hollering all kind of expletives at me. He called, <laughs> and I said, he said, how could you hit that pitch? I said, it's the only one I can hit, Biter, and I was looking for it. Man, you figured out. He threw me eight fastballs, and I haven't touched it. He's going to throw me a curveball. Now Enrique stretches, and the pitch on the way to camp, and a drive to deep center field, way back on the ball is Ruth Jones. To the warning track, the wall makes another miraculous catch. 